All right, good evening, everybody. We live. Good evening. <laughs> Appreciate y'all listening to another episode of Here's a Deal with Jay and Phil. And we have a, a special guest on with us again for this week, um, Mr. Jeremy Shanks. He's back in the building. Say hello to the people, Shanks. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> All right. And um, uh, as always, we got uh, Mr. Jessup with us. And so... Um, Tonight, we're going to kind of get right into it. Um, I'm glad I get to have this conversation with these two gentlemen just because I feel that I, well, it's not I feel, it's a fact. I've known them the greater portion of me being alive, if that makes sense. It's me trying to verbalize. I've known them longer than half of my life, I guess. But um, so they've seen, you know, we all grew up um, during the kind of the adolescent phase, the teenage phase, and into adulthood. And we've seen um, social divide and how it's impacted us on an individual level. And so we all have a, um, a pretty unique perspective on the topic that we're talking about tonight just because it's impacted us differently. And uh, we've got to um, witness it in different aspects of each other's lives. So the topic that we're talking about tonight is a systemic divide within American frame, framework and infrastructure. And does it still exist? And the reason why I feel this conversation is important because I feel that... Um, whether it be social media or whatever it is, that we've come to a point um, in our society that um, systemic factors are kind of seen as um, being obsolete. Like, oh man, it's 2021, that stuff doesn't go on anymore. And we all have an equal playing field and things like that. And um, to a certain extent, I mean, things have got um, significantly better. But um, the question is, you know, are there still um, inherent barriers for different people, different groups, and different portions of society um, within the infrastructure of America. And some people, um, actually a lot of people I've spoken to um, throughout the course of my life thinks that, you know, it doesn't exist. Even when it did, it was somewhat minimal. But now we're to the point that everyone should have the same opportunities and the, the same um, equal, you know, opportunities, for lack of a better word, um, within, you know, different parts of our everyday lives, whether it be education or housing or school or finances, things like that. So that's what kind of we're going to get, get into tonight, look at the pulse of um, empirical history, um, you know, where we're at currently, and um, is this thing kind of exaggerated as far as systemic laws that prohibit certain groups from making advancement within America. So um, me being me, I'm a huge definition guy. I feel the word systemic is thrown out a whole lot. So um, I chose to um, have a a think tank and really discuss what it means. So um, I'm going to start with Shanks since he's our guest tonight. Um, and you're, and you're, I guess, what would be your, if someone asked you to define systemic or a systemic barrier, how would you define that? I would define that as many, how should I say, many, um, I don't want to use the word infrastructures again, but many, or I, I would say many processes put in place so that something that is, um, I should say, the solvent or produced is constantly produced the same way 
over many, many different ways. That's a really thoughtful and interesting definition. I, I've, I've never thought of it that way, but I guess I wouldn't define it that way myself personally, but that ends up being the end result. So Think of a warehouse. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to keep pumping out the same product over and over again. So no matter how many different processes you do, it's going to be the same result. I exactly. get it. Mm. Um, Phil, how would, how would you define it? It's the definition of insanity. <laughs> um, except the opposite and expecting a different result. Um, <laughs> but or, so that would be the definition of perfection. Well, no, I'm saying like it's like a perfection uh, insanity. Yeah, perfection. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just the way you said fine, that, I didn't like it's a very fine, line, yeah. fine yeah. line. It's like genius in the seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not much to, you know, uh, sway from that. I mean, yeah, like the systemic. It's it's you know to me it's just in the in the phrase in the in the word like it's the uh, systematic. Uh, process of keeping people separated, people down, uh, people in a compromised and um, uh, not, what's the word, um, not uh, advantageous position. Um, yeah, it's like just like all the all the different ways that you can do that, uh, working together. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, but essentially, is what Shanks said. I'm just trying to actually say it to get us a different way. But it's, it's, it's the same, yeah, yeah. The same thing. Really. So, I mean, I agree with you guys. I just feel that um, I'm going to define it, especially for our younger audience, because we have people in their early 20s that listen to the show, and um, you know, in their defense, they haven't seen what we've seen. They were. It's kind of like being born with the internet. You don't know the struggle it was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to go have to go to a gas station to get a map, and you know all this other stuff that we go through. So. Um, when they hear the word systemic, it's it's kind of um, it's it's more of like a trigger word because it's like man, like you know, I grew up and I had Indian friends and and black friends and and all these other things. So we all grew up together. We all went to college together. Like like you know, it's kind of throws them off. But the best way I'm gonna define systemic almost with an analogy. So and Shanks prompted me to this when he described the warehouse thing. But the best way I can describe systemic is this. Yes, I agree with you guys. It's pretty much a systematic process, in my opinion that keeps um, a group of people or groups of people from um, coming up or achieving the goals as the intended party. So um, I'm going to define, like, this is how I would describe it. Um, I um, I worked in wireless for a long time, and um, we had a very, very lucrative commission structure. So when I first started from my old job where there was no real commission, I was I could make between $4,000 and $6,000 by um, perfecting my craft. And I've, I was good at sales. So before I got into management, you know, every, you know, commission check was between four and $6,000. And, you know, I was eating. I was cleaning up. And so about six or seven months into that, my commission checks started, started getting smaller. And I was like, hold up, you know, I'm working the same, you know, what the money, you know, 2500 3000 Okay, cool. So then I look at the commission structure and the compensation structure and they moved activation quota or accessory quota around. I'm like, okay, cool. All I got to do is hit this and get back to the money. Did that. Checks started getting smaller. I'm like, hold up. I'm working harder. I found I found a way, you know, the loopholes around it. This twenty five hundred dollars, you know, ain't working. Then, you know, I found the way around that. Cool. We back to the back to the four K. Okay, cool, I'm back. Next month, you know, the at risk target went up. And they got to the point over um about a year or a year and a half of that, it was like no matter what you do, 
you ain't making more than two thousand dollars. <laughs> that's how that's how it's set up. Yeah. And then now, fast forward now, and this you know I've been out of wallets for a little minute now. The guys are telling me that no, the at risk is twelve hundred dollars. And for the new people, they're like, okay, cool, I'll kill it, make my little twelve hundred dollar check. Mm-hmm. And for the people who've been there, like, nah, bro, <laughs> we, we're making five, six, you know, thousand dollar checks, and we killing ourselves for you know uh, at risk. So, it's um, the definition what, of like. Moving the goalposts. Yeah, yeah. So what I would describe, and I'm not even going to take it there. I know that's where yeah. it goes. But um, what I will say is this: It's like no matter um, how hard you work, the game is rigged. There's an algorithm. They figured out that okay, these guys are are going to do this to achieve this. This is going to be the next target. This is going to be the next target. I feel that yeah. if you talk about systemic factors, it's not necessarily in your face. It's like, hey, um, you know. You're not going to do this because you're a woman or you're not going to get this because you're black or you're not going to get this because of, you know, you're gay or whatever. It's the fact that, yeah, you know, you can we'll give you the same thing everyone else has. All you got to do is this. And it's so complicated to achieve that, that it's almost like that barrier is 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 almost insurmountable or you can do everything possible, but you're never going to really achieve that. So um, it's almost like a built in, um, you know, rigged system for um, you t- to give you the illusion of being able to achieve something and not really being able to achieve it. So um, when I look at systematic sp- factors, especially on, on um, uh, empirical level, on um, you know when I look back at history, I mean we really see it now. Today it's, it's not um, as in your face about it, but I mean if you're old enough or you're, you you study law or you you figure out what's going on, we we kind of feel that. So um, I think we're kind of on on the same page as that. It's um, long story short, the game is rigged. That will be. <laughs> the the long definition of, of yeah. systemic, but um, I'm gonna kick it back to you, Shanks. I'm gonna ask you. So now that we kind of defined it for our audience, what it means to us, what it really means based on the 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 definition, how is that applicable in your opinion to like education, policing, housing, things like that? Like, <clears throat> how is the game rigged for certain people in those regards to you? Oh man, it's it's. I mean, how is it not? It's let's just start with housing. I mean, being a minority and being a homeowner is damn near an inverse relationship. Why? The banks, the how they control loans, and it's not even. So, so I, I'm agree with you, but I want you to be specific because a lot of people don't understand that portion. Okay, of it. so I'll just they're like they're like if, if I apply for a loan and your family apply for a loan, if our credit's good, we're going to get approved. If our credit's bad, we're going to deny. That's yeah. the Opaic. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. So, I mean, well, I'll just take a little excerpt out of that. You just said credit. People, you know, pay their bills on time, you know, do everything you're supposed to do when it comes to attaining and trying to improve your credit. But there's still going to be some barriers that are going to prevent you from achieving such a maximum score. That credit is needed to purchase homes or ba- to qualify for those loans. What barriers are going to keep you from achieving a maximum credit score? I don't want to just say it's because you're... I'm not being an asshole, but I'm yeah. saying this is, <laughs> yeah, this, this is why the conversation leans this way because it feels like we say these things like, oh, yeah, like I can't get this kind of credit as like a white person. Exactly. And, and people are like, why not? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, and, and, you know, this is funny. It's not just, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about this as well, but uh, a big part to me that I'm learning now at the age of 34 is education. If, if you at, you know, whatever age you are, if you just said, hey, I'm going to go improve my credit score today by 50 points, you chances are you don't even know where to even start, where to begin. You're going to start trying to pay things off. 
but there's so many other ways or there's so many other factors or only so many things that you could do that other people i'm not going to say inherently know but are taught or have been structured to believe and know how to manipulate that they're going to be able to do such things so they can get to the scores or where they need to be so that they can you know outright qualify and do things of that nature um education we like you said we all went to high school together same time we all had the opportunity to go to college i definitely remember there being scholarships just for minority people that right there tells you like look hey we'll let you in but you know we got to give you a stipend basically or we got to help you find a way to get into this group of basically where you're not supposed to be i mean you think of you know I want. I don't want to go to sports, but you think about in today's the name, image, and likeness that how these kids are now starting to you know make money on themselves. But that's granted going to be at the larger universities or the most dominantly white universities. They're not going to get these same opportunities at historically black colleges to be able to make such funds because of the following, because of the numbers, the money that gets attracted to these other schools. Policing. I don't think I need to say anything else than just policing. We know what is this. No, you do. I mean, I don't just say George Floyd. I mean, there's there's countless other yeah, he witnesses. Someone, he, he slipped someone to fake 20 billion fought with the cops. Yes. And then he got choked out and someone was on his neck for eight minutes, I believe 46 seconds. Yeah. And he lost his life. Um, if you think that's a snippet, I mean, before I was an adult, I heard the name Rodney King. Before I was an adult, I heard the name Emmett Till. Like, this isn't, you know, happenstance. These are things that have been implemented and are in a certain culture that get repeated over and over again. But these examples are, um, that's why I like to contextualize this conversation, because these examples, in my opinion, are all um, examples, for lack of a better word, of, um, you know, yes, it was put on a national scale. George yes. Floyd, we, we, we watched him die on national television. The the story behind us all are the same. So I'm gonna so sorry let's go with Rodney King. Um he was on his third strike, fought with police, and you know, um they said he was on PCP, had PCP in the system, and they had to do what they had to do. We didn't kill him, but we had to use force. Yes. Contextualized George Floyd, slipped him a freight twenty, argumentative with the cops. Got to the point they couldn't detain him. Um, you know, tried to subdue him, and within the process of that, got killed. You know, all, we can go on and on and on, but it seems like when all these things happen, there's always an excuse that um, pretty much victimizes the aggressor. Exactly. So, um, and plus, it's so polarizing because you know, black on white. That's 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 um, that's sensationalized by the media. If a white cop kills a black person, so. The argument always is this stuff happens to the white people all the day, all, all the time. Well, that this people happens to other people of races all the time. So why are they special? Because this is more salacious and it will sell. So what would be your answer to that? I just want to before I answer that. There's a little excerpt that you just said. It's in, it's uh, sensationalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard this and and it made me think and now I believe this that. You know, black on white crime is sensationalized. I believe crime happens where people are being, I don't want to use the word oppressed, but crime happens next to people who 
you know, basically their neighbors. So black people rob, kill black people. White people rob, kill white people. That's where they are. That's where they live. Um, the fact that you see it, oh, this black person to this, this white person, that's where I get to the sensationalism. That, yes, these happen to be two different races and there's a big stereotype that's trying to be forced here, but this is not an everyday occurrence. This is not happens all the time. It's when it does happen, someone wants to get some agenda down people's throats and that's why it's sensationalized. Um, but um, repeat the question for me because I lost my train of thought. My only question is like when we talk about education and we talk about housing, we talk about policing, it feels like um, I almost have to have a degree in law to explain to people how it's wrong. I mean, we, yes. see it, we, we, we see it, we feel it. I mean, and that's why I like being with you and Phil because we're real people. Like if Phil's not going to come up with some kind of, um, you know, mental gymnastics to contextualize something that's that's messed up. Yeah, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, but nah. but, but there again, yeah, you know, um, let's hear the let's hear his side. You know, like, but like um, when we see when we see if it feels wrong, it's wrong. If it feels right, it's right. That's just how, that's just who we are. But unfortunately, um, you know, and it could and I'm not even going to blame people. It could be product of of being brainwashed by media, product of what they see. Yeah, I think if you're growing up in the suburbs or, or even above that in a fluent area, and you don't get to witness these things. You think you're a product of your environment. Like you mm-hmm. see, let's say policing, you see cops in your area. Now if you, yes sir, no sir, do what you gotta do, they're not gonna bother you. They're trying to, you know, get home safe families, they're gonna do what you gotta do. They don't see, people don't go around harassing them. Yes. So that's a foreign concept to them other than what they hear in music and what they see on TV. So like, well, why didn't he just, oh man, he did kind of try to run away. You know, they don't get that, you know, the, the that he was just walking down the street, and not only that, and they, then a cop just came up well, behind him. Well, it's not only that, they don't get the role, the role of a police officer. Yeah, I've been to jail, y'all. We've all been to jail. Yeah, yeah. we understand the the role of a <laughs> of a cop is to make sure that you go to jail so you can serve your court date. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they're not they're not executioners. They're not the dumbest thing. Of yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like so for, for so for them to just to have a printer and print it out right there. Right. The scene and just so for them to to for it to escalate to the point that now a life is taken. Because you were trying to take someone into custody so they can go court and you have their day. It's just, it's it, it's a, it's a crazy concept of, to me. Yes. But um, so I guess uh, yeah. Back to the point. So um, when you have these conversations with people who aren't from where you're from or seen what you've seen or have never been to jail, it's um almost as if there's always excuses made for people who commit crime. And um. Over the when I was younger, I used to get upset about it. But now that I'm older, it's almost like um, you know, I it's almost a form of ignorance. Like you can't really get mad at someone for being ignorant. I can imagine you for being dumb because of you <laughs> the situation is right in front of you, yeah. and you choose to pick and choose what you're gonna do with the data. Yeah. But um, ignorance is a is a really a foreign concept that I can't penalize you for not knowing that. Yeah. And these are the people who have these questions about systemic issues. So. You almost have to dumb it down to the point that someone who doesn't know, like a child. But you just, the way you flip that at the end, I being dumb or retarded, the definition of retarded is to... I did not say that. No, no, no. no. The <laughs> definition of retarded is to withhold information. From. That is not the definition of retarded. Yes, it is. <laughs> to withhold information yes. is the definition of retarded. Yes, people just think you're just, just dumb, but it's to withhold information from. But you just said these so people like are looking for dictionary. those. Hey, hey, <laughs> learned it a long time ago. Hey, right. I mean, but Negro dictionary. But you ask the people who want to know these things, and I can you can say hold them accountable. But at the end of the day, yes, 
if you really want to get down to um, trying to understand or trying to find out what the plight is, what people are going through, I mean... Well, that's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that they can do a little bit of homework. I mean, it's just oh, sure. a thing called Google and YouTube out here. You can... You can look into certain things and, and start to see. And, and still not be able to relate to it. So oh, like, I didn't say you need to relate to it, but like, you can at least do something. But until you can relate to something, it's like you almost still don't get it. Like, if you come to me like, man, Jay, I really need $20. I'm just going to be like, damn, you know, Shanks, you know, needs $20? I wonder why. You know, he's 34. He has a job. I don't get it. I have money. Bill has money. You know what I mean? So like, and two I'm to the point that like, bro, kids, bills, yeah, shit, real out here. Like, if I'm not going through that, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a foreign concept to understand why somebody at our age would need the whole twenty. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can, you can feel bad for me. I feel really bad. Me, here's my last twenty, man. Like, but like to empathize is like, yo, I get it. It's real. Things happen. People need help. Like, it's what it is. So I think that. That kind of factors into it too. Like they get it. I mean, they can look at the data, look at the news, look at this and this and that. But until you know someone or been through that struggle, it's very, very hard to to identify with the foreign concept to you. In my opinion, hmm. Phil, you've been you've been quiet on this issue. I want to like, so what? back. Well, so I, well, I want to say this back. You to, know, this oppression. Back to this oppression. Well, uh, first well of all, my experience well, as a black man. <laughs> No, no, no. no, no. But what, I, I do want to ask you. I do want to ask you this though. Um, as far as systematic, um, systemic issues, and housing, education, and stuff like that, how would you describe that? Uh, Based on the initial definition that we all gave. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things to where I guess it kind of goes back. For me, it kind of goes back to like what Shanks was saying about education and experience and um and 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 like you're saying education it's not one of those things like we all went to high school together not one of us went to um hey here's how credit scores work class 101 not one of us went to class of hey look out for fucking credit cards because they're the devil because they are um and like it, not one of us went to one of those classes, and so it's one of those things to where in well, there aren't those classes. Well, no, it's there. I mean, I guess there probably maybe are, but they're not taught in public schools. At least right, not when right. taught in public schools. Where, when I was going to school, when we were going to school, and so and I'm pretty sure they still aren't, um, and they probably never will be because it's in the best interest for that stuff not to be taught by the people. That make all the money off of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those things to where it's just like in... God, this is going to be such a long explanation. But like in... For, I guess, in a higher class America. Or upper class America. Or whatever you want to call it. the Those families and those, uh, I guess, pockets of society have known about these things, have had the luxury and time to learn about these things uh, and take advantage of these things and therefore pass them down to their offspring. When, to me, 
at least. Like I, said, I didn't live it. I didn't experience it. But to me, it just seems like if you're a single mom, a single dad, you're, you're living a rough life because you don't, you're working your ass off all day just to put food on the table, pay the bills, keep the lights on, keep the water running. And you haven't had previous experience in dealing with these things as far as like credit scores, bank loans, mortgages, fucking investing in stocks, um, you know, all these things that like uh, other cultures, we'll just say white culture, have had the time to learn about and have the, the uh, uh, privilege, you would say, to learn about because life's been just, well, I won't even say greatly easier or a little bit easier, it's just been easier. I, I want to ask you something on that. I agree with you, and I like where you're going with it. Um, why don't I mean you have uh, white people have parents, black people have parents, Hispanic people have parents, everybody yeah. has parents. Why wasn't that information passed down to other races, other cultures? In your opinion, do you mean passed down from like generation to generation, yeah. or passed down to that specific culture specifically? <clears throat> What's the difference? Well, I'm just saying, like, well, not necessarily a difference, but like. Are you are you asking me like why don't black parents pass that down? Yeah, or just respect or any 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 person you're speaking of, why don't they pass that down to their well, children? Well, I, I don't think it's for a lack of caring. I think it's for it's a lack of knowledge. Why or at least that, back in the day? I, guess, I mean, I, I think guess, it's more. I guess my question is, readily, why do you think that there was a there was a lack of knowledge? Because it's not shit that they cared about. And it's not just like, oh, well, why didn't they care about it? They should care about it. And you're not worried about that shit when you're worried about your next meal. Yeah. You're not worried about that shit when you're fucking sweating your ass off or freezing your balls off because you don't got no electricity. Yeah. You ain't worried about and paycheck to paycheck. FICO That's ratings right, yeah. and all this shit. Yeah, you're, you're worried about getting food on the table. You're worried about getting your kids' clothes. You're worried about getting your kids to school. You're worried, you know, you're worried about your own fucking health. And mental well-being so you can get through the fucking day. And so, like, the luxury... Like, it, it really is a luxury and, like, a privilege to be able to worry about stuff like that and actually be able to educate yourself about something like that. And I'll even take it back further. It's one of those things to where it's just, like... Like, way, way back in, like, caveman days, like, you were... You, you, you weren't worried about shit like that, like building villages or anything like that. You were roaming around just trying to eat. That was like, that was, you, you were struggling trying to eat, trying to find a cave to live in, stuff like that. They, you weren't, you, you didn't have the time to paint, to listen to, to create music. You didn't have time to... Go to, to the theater. Yeah, you didn't have time to worry about like, oh, let me count, you know, each individual ear of corn and stuff like that. I mean, eventually it got to that way, but like, yeah. that's as society progressed. But... It, when you are a part of a culture that has it that little bit easier or a lot easier, however you see it, it gives you time to care about the things that will make your life better and easier. And then once you know about that, you know, like if you, when you have children or whoever, family members, stuff like that, you like, hey, this is the shit I learned. But if you never learned it or were never exposed to it, how the fuck are you going to pass that down? Yeah. How are you going to... Like, a, a single mom who's working three jobs and, you know, can barely fucking stand on her feet 
is not going to come home at the end of the day and, like, flip on, you know, CNN or fucking Market Watch, you know, and, like, learn I don't all that know shit. What that is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure if Market Watch <laughs> yeah. is. I mean, I know what CNN <laughs> is, but I don't know if, like, Market It oh, sounds right. Holy shit, it sounds really informative. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, one of those stock things. You know, like, not, they're not going to throw that on, yeah, you know? It's really. like, it's they're going to get their, you know, make sure their kids did their homework, make sure they got food. You know, so get in the shower, wash your ass, and then try to get to sleep so you can get enough hours so you can wake up and do it again the next day. I ask you that for a reason, and I agree with 100% what you said. The reason why I ask you that is because I want to see it from the lens of of a different race. The same way you're like, I had an experience, I'm not black, blah, blah, blah. I'm only going to speak on the black race. I don't know what, I can imagine what Mexicans race went through. I've talked to some of my best friends that say, you know, their family had to pretty much swim over here to give them an opportunity hmm. and to run with that. Um, you know, um, Indians go through a lot to get here to establish their own business. Africans go through the same thing to get over here. So I'm not going to speak for other races or hell, even other, uh, uh, like, um, you know, um, sexual orientations, any of that, because uh, those struggles are something I'm familiar with. But the black struggle is something I'm familiar with. And that perspective, I think that you took, Phil, is something that, um, you know, a lot of people see and people who empathize with the situation, um, they like are warranted to think that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, I guess to make that whole rambling that I've said, like, I guess in a, in a general, like kind of one nugget of a thought is just like when your life is easier, even if it's a slighter way, you have more time to invest in other things that will make your life better yes and, and it's just that's just how it is and so whether now now know what now whether you apply that to you know white people black people asian people or like that whoever on the on the scale of however you see different races or cultures lives being on this the scale of hardness of yeah. life how wherever you see yourself wherever you see other people if if you're the difficulty of your life is easier. You have more time to do shit like that. For sure. That, that yeah, it's just that's that was my whole rambling. Well, no, that, no, no, that's no. what I was trying to get to. Well, no, and, and there's nothing wrong, but that's a, a fair lens. But the lens I see it from is like, and it's always have. I thought about it this way since I was a little kid. So my mom was born in 1960. Her birthday is 10, 10, 60. So that was during the civil rights era, um, white only uh, white only water fountains, a black eight to the, that 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 tide was just shifting to equality. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn, you know, mom went through this. She was a teenager it was in the '70s. She like was right on that that cusp from when it was it was getting equal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I wonder what Granny went through. Grandma, when I was little, when I was I remember distinctly, my grandma. She uh, say my grandma was a slave. She was no slave, but like she used to um, work in the cotton field for um, this white man made, named Mister Johnny. And Grammy Granny was born like in the 30s or the 40s. So mind you, there were laws that prohibited slavery. I'm not saying she she was out there with a whip, but she still worked in the cotton. And I never understood it when I was little, but um, I guess he employed her mom and her great aunt so that they were loyal to that family. Hmm. And so she was still doing that work. 
And um, I remember he died. We even went to the, even went to his funeral when I was little. So I'm like, okay, I wonder what gra- Granny Gussie was doing. And she was born in like damn near 1900. So I look at it this way. So if I have a, a great grandmother that was working in the cotton field, mm-hmm. that passed on that information to my grandmother who's working in the cotton field, and my mm-hmm. mom was born through the civil rights era, there was only, I'm the first generation that had the opportunity to be in a situation where it's like, hey, man, you can do this shit on your own. You're free. Yeah. Even though the word free is thrown around after the Civil War, the 1800s, we really didn't get free. Like, we still, like, there's this this concept that, like, once slavery ended, they are like, okay, cool. You know, we were wrong. Sorry. <laughs> go, you know, go, everybody, everybody go, everybody go work. No you got hard feelings, man. No, no hard feelings. It wasn't like that. You still had to make money and a lot of that money came from you know working working work, working working for white people working Man. so wherever you have to do to feed your family and um you know make that look so in the in the midst of that education was really limited to your point because um you know the con you have to do what you have to do you're worried about putting food on your family um table you're not really worried yeah. about those other things so long story short um when a lot of people say that they're like oh well you know their education was available why didn't you just pass it down to his kids like we did to ours? Or this yeah. I'm like, dude, like you're talking to a generation of people who are working for people that previously prohibited them from reading. Like reading didn't become normalized until the, the 40s and the 50s, even though we have been free. So it's like, yeah. long story short. Well, um, and let me say this thing too. Like it's, for me, it's I'm not saying that like uh, no white people have experienced that either like oh, no, there's, sure. there's poor ass white people yeah, out there I tell people like, all the time same thing the, for, like, the, for, the forgotten that, that for me it goes into like it goes into classism well yeah uh, we're, but, get, yes, we're getting but yeah, there but like yeah. the forgotten people to me on the white front are the Irish the well, yeah. Irish you well, speak, I mean, <laughs> dude yes <laughs> like, what I'm saying but it's not just them like it's a like I said it's I, I have a strange mental like gymnastic relationship with like racism and classism and everything yeah. like that but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there. Don't get don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, all white people have had the silver spoon in their mouth. Um, it's yeah. There's. But I'm not saying there, that. But there, it's not necessarily a, that. But I have to I have to think of it this way. Okay, so the Constitution, the bill, um, was written in what seven, 1776. What was it say yes for time? Yeah. Se- se- whatever. Yeah. Seven, 1700s, whatever. We, we, we wrote a constitution in a, in a guideline of people and the rules that they can live by to be in America. Yeah. We know it wasn't written for black people. Yeah. There's no way because we were enslaved at the time. Yep. So those laws were not applicable to um, black people. We know it wasn't prohibited to homosexuals. Immigrants are prohibited because this is America. Yep. You're not part of it. Uh, Native Americans, they were slaughtered. So it's like, who are these laws written for, right? So if you have land um, owning whites, so I'm saying if you have um, a, a guideline or or or, or a, a book of values, an infrastructure rather that's built for a certain group of people, or that's pertained to not only pertained to but governed by a certain group of people, people, and then you know fast forward 100 years, 150 years, you know, then we started having the inclusions of others. Like, it, there's there's factors in that. I mean, that's literally like, that's like starting at the end of a race, 
you know, with the new ball. Yeah. <laughs> He's by the finish line already. You just hit the baton. Go, go, go. Yeah, get yeah, it, Shane. You know what I mean? Like, like Run that, your artist. that's how get I felt there. about that. But I mean, you, you started at the Constitution. I mean, you just. You just I, I get it. But yeah, for time's sake, whatever. Yeah. But um, so anyway, so we would agree. I know Phil from what he said, you from what you said, me personally, my opinion of it. We understand that um, there are systemic factors that led to, um, I guess, um, certain groups being propelled in certain arenas, whether it's education, finance, things like that, just because of the way things were structured. And, um, you know, that's not anyone who's living now's fault. It's not my fault. It's not, you know, Phil's fault. It's not, it's not anyone's fault. We couldn't control that. But here we are today. So today we get a glimpse of certain groups and how they act, um, whether it's black, whether it's, you know, um, sexual orientation, whether it's white or whatever. So I'm going to ask you guys this. Stereotypes. Because I've always had this, I've always had this, this, this conversation with people. Stereotypes don't come out of nowhere. They're based off of something. To say black people are always late. To say black people are always late. To say black people are always late. It comes from somewhere. <laughs> to say to say women are emotional. It comes from somewhere. To say Asians can't drive. <laughs> can't, now to say that a whole race of people are always late or can't drive or a whole sex of people are just highly emotional can't do day-to-day things, it's not fair. Yeah. But... You know, empirical evidence suggests some of these things are some real things. So, stereotypes translate into fact, whether it be minimal or big, into a certain extent, and that translates to life. So, I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with, I went with Shanks last, I'm going to start with you this time, Phil. Actually, we haven't heard Shanks talk in a while, and I want to hear some crazy shit he has to say. I know he has to say. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to ask you. Since, since, oh, you entertain. <laughs> since, since since the the foundation of stereotypes are based for the most part are based in some sort of facts, do you think that's a fair barometer to run a business or to or to make financial rules uh, or 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 make governing decisions dictated off of a group of people and how empirically they act? Uh. Yeah, clearly no. That's that's the easy answer. Okay. Um, I mean, stereotypes to me aren't even like as you just how to say you transition it to you know business and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, stereotypes to me is just something like uh, I don't want to say hearsay, but it's just something that people say to the you know one another in just small talk or as a warning. So I'm I'm saying like this. So we just all had a conversation about finance. Yeah. And that a lot of the reasons why financial decisions and, and things pass down the way they are because lack of education. Yep. So if you know a group of people haven't been educated educated in finance, would you give them a loan? If I ran a business, the, the easy answer to that would be yes because as a business, my... As a business, your job is to be profitable, not default on no loan. Exactly. So if these people don't know what they're doing... I don't know if I'm cool giving it to them. But at the same time, you're going to put certain steps and guidelines in the way to guarantee that you make your return on your investment. Of course. And at the same time, yes, we'll let you sit at this table, but, you know, don't get too close. Of course. 
sit back, you know, hey, by the way, you know, work a little harder just to get back up to this table. Yeah, you got to prove that you eligible for this. So in a sense, it's in specific business or loans, it's almost a reverse stereotype that you have to prove that you are worthy of this business for this loan yeah. because of what I heard about your type or your people. And how do you prove that? Trying to trying to uphold to that contract or whatever that looks like. My my way of holding, I'm gonna make your interest higher than this. Oh, well, I'm proving it. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's what I'm. So is that fair? Oh, it's clearly not fair. But we all know it gets done on an everyday basis. <laughs> that's not the question. We know it gets done. But I'm like, are the reason why I'm asking you this question the way I'm asking you is like, we know that's what's happening. Yes. But based off of empirical factors, is it fair that it happened? No, it's, it's definitely not fair. I mean. Um, I'll just put it to you this way if we all went to buy a car okay. and we we're like hey man I had a great you know they, you know, great um, situation at this dealership or this salesman hey man I'm going to send some people away they're looking to buy some cars because you treated me right you got me a good rate you know what I'm saying I'm happy with your service I'm going to spread it around as a bank or a business I would think I would be one. I would want to be that person. Hey, man. Hey, you know some of you uppity blacks are. Who y'all making some money now? We y'all can afford these homes. Hey, tell your people if they on your level, come holler at me. So what happens, I'm give what happens if you're wrong? And they all default on it. You you're not gonna be in business very long. You still will. You you. I mean, as a bank, a couple or one or two. So better. So your analogy. Yes. Car dealerships. Yes. It's the equivalent of. Phil's referring three people. This man has been with this dealership for five years. Made his payment on time. Everything. Anyone Phil's referred to, more than like he's going to send me good business. Yeah. I listen to him. Jeremy, I was going to call him, looking for him. I ain't got the money on time. You know, whatever. And Jeremy just referred me three people. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, if I want to do business with people. So, either I'm having to come up with a stipulation where, you know, I'm putting a, uh, well, the, like back in the day when I had to get my little cheap cars, a little uh, GPS lock, if you a week late, we're shutting you down. Yeah. <laughs> or or it's a situation like, you know, we're going to have to make their interest rates to the point that they're going to have to pay off this first car and prove it and then lower it once they've proven to us that they can handle this, financing this vehicle. But you just spoke on something that kind of, you know, outweighs that is that. In this insurance, we're talking about you know cars or homes. You're getting a loan. You still don't out, you 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 have it, but you don't outright own it. So at the end of the day, if something goes you know wrong or if I, I can come back and get that property, whether yeah. it's a house or a car. So and it's going to cost me to do it. Granted, but you still have that same product back. Therefore, you can resell it. But and it's then going make more to money. cost me to do it. But you can still make more money. Okay, Phil, I'm gonna ask you. So um, we're talking about stereotypes. And we had a long, lengthy conversation on, like I said, I'm not saying it's anyone's fault, you know, whatever. But we had a conversation on, like, education, on finances, um, you know, certain situations that certain people weren't privy to because they weren't in the position or their parents weren't in the position. Tell them about that because they were trying to make ends meet. Hmm. So, fast forward to um, you're a business. You own a business. I know you're always talking about, I'll never own a business because, you know, I do it. <laughs> you always have a like, like. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but what? But you, you Phil owns a business, and you, and you, and it you probably um, wouldn't be successful. <laughs> and you have to come up with the infrastructure where um, you're essentially lending out either property or cash 
and you're doing it for a group of people who have all different backgrounds. If you were to make it easier for people that you could trust versus people who hadn't been proven, is that fair to make a system for the people who have proven they can handle this versus the people who have not? Uh, uh, I mean, that's... I'm going somewhere with this. That's why I'm asking for a reason. No, I know. I mean, it... I mean, when you look at it, like, on paper, and, you know, not, you know, not to be joking or anything, but when you look at it on paper, like, in black and white, or, like, black and red, Literally. as far as, like, P&L. you know... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it, it just makes sense to where it's just like, hey, where can I make the most consistent profit like where am i going to be the most successful um and i'm going to target and give opportunities to those customers uh, yeah i mean that's just that makes business i guess sense um but yeah i mean it's one of those things to where but at the same time like that's me i guess in my like broad mind of like hey what would like a good business person do but like any business person yeah like us be profitable and not go out of business yeah yeah but like for me like i would all like i don't know it would be one of those things where it's just like what is the uh, that's why i said i'll probably be be it'll be well feel good motors everybody has a chance no yeah i mean for me it's just be like hey how can i make money but also how can i fucking help people like how can i like how can i make money but also like feel good at the end of the day this is why i wasn't a good salesperson i worked in i wasn't i wasn't i was in the same uh, i was in the cell phone industry as uh, same cell phone industry as jason i was not a good salesperson um all right that'll make sense I'm just fucking everybody over <laughs> You were? No, That's another podcast. That's another podcast. But, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's just like, I, I, yeah. For me personally, it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, yeah, I I want to make money, but not at the cost of somebody else. Like, I mean, it's it's obviously at the cost of somebody else because they're giving you money but like not at the detriment to somebody else but is that a detriment though so if if Phil's proven himself I'm like damn man this dude's always on time everything his interest is going to be like at 3% I trust him this nigga is always late on his payments and he's referring three people that I don't know and all their credit scores are subpar well, for I'm, them, it's a gamble. I'm, I'm going to have to make it 15%. Well, but for them, it's a gamble because if his does work out, if Shank's people do work out that he refers, I'm going to make way more money. That's cost-benefit analysis, but if it I know, I know. But, 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 but if it does, but that's what I'm saying. But so, that means so, how, so, so my, whole, my whole thing is that businesses that put these... Businesses aren't going to do that. Or like, if I... If, damn, man, if I'm... If we're, if we're, if we're um, right about this... We'll be I mean, rich. I like they—they they're like we got money. We're sustaining this. Uh, I mean, I think at the highest level of shit like that, I don't think they think like that. I do. I don't. I do. And I, I don't. And, <laughs> I don't. Only only businesses that don't that make it are like startups that take those risks and they're right and they take off on some like a uh, Jeff Bezos type shit. 
Mm. Like that, yes. Like you're you're a startup company. You're competing with a, a, a lot of other businesses that are established. Yeah, I'm going to give everyone the opportunity. If I'm right, I'm going to beat all of them out. Now, if you're like, you know, Wells Fargo or something. Mm. No. <laughs> no. Wells Fargo. We've been doing this shit since the horse and buggy. <laughs> like, no. We got no, brand, no like, I mean, know, like, I, I disagree with that. Just because, I mean, and the reason I disagree with that is because all these major, like, stable like a uh, staple of american you know business and cultures like they're the motherfuckers that get bailed out all the time because they do all this like nah they, that's different though but they're getting what? bailed out because they're fucking fat cats their ceos and shit are like they're so top heavy they're about, no, they're, they're taking about, all they're taking all their money like no they're about they're about their fast money and like i said i i don't know i i think we disagree on that yeah <clears throat> but um, anyway, so to the to the next point of the topic, um, having this conversation is very polarizing. Obviously, there are some people that feel like, man, America was the land of the free, and it was never designed to keep anybody down. You can go back to China or Africa. Like there are those people who think like that, and there are the people who think like, man, I look at 1930 and I look at 2021 for racism, and it's exactly the same. Everything's the same. I'm like, dude, there have been advancements. No, no, no. They still hate us like they hate us. So my question, <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. So you have both extremes. People who think there was never anything wrong and think that everything is rigged and it's even worse now than it was before. So yeah. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to go with Shanks. I'm starting with Shanks on this one. Do you think that there have been strides made between now and, um, I guess, the conception of the idea of America? Uh, yes. Okay. What trials do you think have been made? Um, I mean, simply put, the best way to say it is like, when I think about, not that I was alive or, you know, know too many technical definitions of what happened in the 1930s, but everything that I know or I can think of has changed or, and I say this as more people and this is minorities or what have you, have gained access to um, that piece of the pie, so to speak. So when you talk about the 1930s, yes, we're coming off the civil rights movement, or we're in the civil rights movement. It's not the 1930s. <laughs> and we're talking about... Um, well, no, that's what I'm saying, before that. But um, basically, you know, we're just trying to, you know, you know, I think a civil rights movement, Keep I think of some... <laughs> yeah, we, we just, we're just we're we're marching just so we can you know Super walk down this. <laughs> you got issues, but just so we can you know get a fair shake at a voting booth. You know what I'm saying? Like that has changed. Hmm. Granted, there are some yeah. new policies. No, 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 no. There's some new policies that have that are trying to rechange, no, no, no. you know, redraw, and move the goalposts, as we said. There's been changes. Yeah. Yes, there's yeah. been changes. There's been progression. You know, like within the last is six there, months. Is there, <laughs> but is there's been still some shady shit? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, everything has changed for the better. Everything has progressed. Is there still shady shit being done? Obviously, of course. That's always going to happen because there's always going to be somebody who's thinking their freedoms are being embarked on just because somebody else can buy a house and live next to me. Somebody else can buy the car that I have. Somebody else can put their kid to the same school or whatever that looks like. There's still people who don't want to get into classism but think, hey, I am of this class, therefore 
you don't have the right or you don't you should yeah, not they be feel that you know my, my great grandfather my great great grandfather came for money yeah I came um his kids came for money my granddad came for money my parents came for money I come for money this black dude sells this mixtape that goes viral and he's living next to me like <laughs> You know I mean? like so. I can't remember the exact title of the, the, I got, like, the special. It, it's, al- it's, al- it's almost like uh, did I get it. Bro? Chris Rock was like, "I live in a, a, a neighborhood. It's very secluded. You got to be rich to live here." He goes, "Black persons in my neighborhood is me, Mary Blige, and Jay Z." He goes, "You know who the fuck my my neighbor is? He's a fucking dentist." Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, "Does he have to yeah. do everything that we did? You know, to make it here? No, he just fucking cleans teeth. But he can afford to live here and do." And basically, you know, share the same slice it's, of pie we do. Cross, it's, it's, it, it feels alluded to earlier. It's a lot of its classism. It's like um, old money versus new money. Even um, even white people like they used to criticize other affluent white people because like, oh, that's new money. Don't talk oh, to yeah, them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's it's no different. Like and now, I mean, you can be rich, but. God yes. damn! Yeah, you can make a, a, a fucking viral TikTok. TikTok, yeah. yeah, or some shit. And <laughs> move in next yeah, door. Yeah, be living in the neighborhood of like a, people that come from generational wealth. So yeah, yeah. But um, I'm gonna ask you, Phil. Do you think that strides have been made, or it's pretty much been the same, just masking and hitting in different ways? Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Like I said, uh, when it comes to stuff like this, it's always hard for me to say like, yeah, stuff's changed or hasn't changed, because I don't know. Like I realize that I'm white, I'm half, but whatever. I'm white. I look white. If you see me, I look white. There's you know you don't think I'm not white, but um, yeah. And so uh, yes, I think we've made strides. Can me and Jason and Shanks drink from the same water fountain? Yes. Can we go through the same door? Yes. Uh, you know, the front door or whatever? Uh, yes. Um, you know, sh- shit like that has changed. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it, it still lingers. And I know it was a long time ago, but, yeah, like, the... And I had no misconception of like, oh, this stuff doesn't happen. But it was a, it was a story we've told many, many times. Oh, shit, you told about George Park? Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, and this was, what, 20 years ago? I was 19. Coming up. It's coming up on like 20, 18 to 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, we, it, long story short, we were approached by a police officer, me, Jason, and my girlfriend at the time, and was there anybody else with it? I think it was oh, just yeah. us three. That was an old girl. Um, well, anyways, another, probably, another probably, chick. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but no, and so we were approached at the time, and um, if anything, this... This kid... He was one of them. No, this kid... Jason was the most innocent, like pure. I really was back thing. then. Thing like back. yeah, it's just like <laughs> it was just like the most innocent, pure thing. And I was not necessarily. I wasn't the devil. I wasn't the white devil. Or SPD, you were. <laughs> I was like, but it, like I wasn't like you know some criminal or anything. But I was the guy who was you know whatever. 
and it, it was like the it was like the uh, stereotypical thing to where uh, the cop came up to us and you know, oh what are y'all doing here stuff like that and like that oh nothing officer everything like that oh sir I'm gonna need you to turn around do all this stuff he was saying all this stuff to Jason um, I mean oh I, you know I smell weed this this and that. You know, oh, I mean, let me, let me, you know, where's your license, sir? And, and yeah, I hadn't even really paid attention to me so the I whole time. Car. Yeah, <laughs> and hadn't even paid attention to me the whole time. And uh, or the girls, or the girls, and you know, Jason was getting, you know, read the proverbial riot act, and it was, you know, it was one of those things. And then eventually, he turned his the police officer turned his attention to me. It wasn't him, so he called for backup. Oh, and wow. all the other cops came. There was like they were. Yeah. And then they started running your shit. Yeah, and they started running my stuff, and you know, there's like, oh, this, 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 and I smell weed and everything like that. And I was the one for whatever they they thought cigarettes smelled like weed, because I was uh, smoked cigarettes and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it ended up being like I was the one. I was the one smoking cigarettes, which weren't weed, but they thought were weed. Um, I had a, a warrant at the time. And uh, I was the one, you know, who was, you know, driving uh, the car or the car that brought us there. And so it was just one of those things where it was just like I was. That was the I was first time I've there. ever saw anyone white arrested. It was. A, <laughs> well, I'm serious. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like <laughs> when, they, could, when they told you to put you your arms around behind your back. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Finally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was like, I was like, yo, he must have did some like shit. When I found out it was tickets, I was like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know people got arrested for that. But it was one of those things to where it was just like, I, I was not of, in the misconception of like, oh, this stuff doesn't happen. But it was like, I definitely experienced it firsthand to where it was just like, this cop, and you can say whatever you want, where it's like, oh, it was just that one cop, that one time. But eh, I mean, fuck you. Like it's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's just not. It's not. It's not that. It's not that isolated. Um, this cop came up and just like, just gave like through the book at Jason, trying to find something wrong. And there was something wrong. And yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong. And 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 on the flip side of the coin, like I was the one. Which, you know, like I said, I wasn't, like, some hardened criminal, but, like, I was the one who had, like, a warrant out for, like, traffic tickets and stuff like that. I was the one smoking cigarettes. I was the actually reason that we were there in a place that we weren't supposed to be. Um, and so it was just, like, one of those things where it's, like, yes, to get back to the original question, uh, I tend to ramble, but um, do I think things have changed? Yes. Um, do I think they're all good and smoothed over and... Uh, everybody's having a good time. No, um, uh, just work is still needs to be done. So I'm gonna contrast that. And I'm gonna try to convince this to forty about thirty forty five seconds. Hmm. So that same story that Phil just like told twenty minutes. That was what you know almost twenty about fifteen years ago. He, well, no, it was more than it was. It was at least it was fifteen I, years ago. We ain't that no. old, bro. I was nineteen. I'm 35. <laughs> Where did you graduate? Oh, four. What year is it now? 2021. Yeah. Okay, 16, 17. You finish your point. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you were not a high school yet. <laughs> I was out of high school. 
weren't. Yes, for sure. That was right before I moved to Austin. Mm-hmm. I was out of high school. All right, anyway. Anyway, it's, it's not, but so that same story, fast forward to the sunrise. Oh. So. Which is a hole in the wall bar we go to. Yeah, we frequent. Full so one night, I'm out there at the sunrise. And, you know, I don't smoke. I don't do any of that shit. All I do is go there and get my drink, chill. Um, I see it ain't that many black people there. There never is. There was a black dude that was limping that was coming into mm. the bar. I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. Hmm. Hope he's all right. So I go back to my drink, <laughs> chilling. <laughs> Fort Bend County comes in there. Oh, I'm, I'm drinking next to Phil. And uh, they come in, they're looking around. I'm like, whoa, that's weird. Two cops coming in. Somebody must be in some trouble. I'm about to pull my phone out and film this shit. Oh my, world, <laughs> world star. Yeah, for real. And so they come up to me. They start looking at my shoes. I try to keep my shoe game fresh. So I'm like, okay. No, maybe. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell the story. Yeah, tell the yeah, story. Yeah. I'm put it on IG. I don't know. We, I don't know. We, we, I don't know. We, we, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about my shoes. I don't know. Tell anyway, the story. Tell the story. Anyway, yeah, we all know what you like. They're looking, they're looking at my shoes and they start like putting their flashlight on, on me. And the dude goes like, this cop, he's like, unzip your jacket. Because it's like cold. <laughs> and like, and the crazy thing is, when Phil told that first story, 19 year old me, I would have complied. Like, and you did. You were, you, I mean, I'm sorry, like, I'm not, I, you shouldn't be embarrassed, and I don't know if you are or not. You were fucking scared. You told me like, I was 19? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah, he sure. was scared. Like, he was looking at that, and I, even, I was even telling the cops, I was like, See, he didn't, what? No, he's yeah. like, whatever. Like, don't even worry about that, which probably drew attention to me, but whatever. But yeah, I was just like, yeah, it's like, he's, what? He's, Run, run, run his stuff for what? Like, yeah. look at him. He's wearing a fucking blazer and flip flops. Erroneous. Who is this? Who is this? So, like, now I'm to the point, like, you know, I've been through some shit. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm not unzipping anything. Mm. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, unzip your dog. I was like, I'm unzipping shit. I'm in here drinking. So, we go there so much, the bartender came to my defense. Uh, she was like, no, 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 no. He's been on, and even Phil was like, hey, man, I rolled here with him. I was like, y'all got to explain yourself. Hey, man, I'm not zipping anything. What's going on? And so the other cop was like, mind you, the black dude that we saw limping was in the bar. Yeah, he was like sitting off to the sitting side. Sitting at the table. <laughs> so like, the dude's like, hey, all right, man, I'm going to let you know. We got a call, and you fit the description and uh, of a dude that's been shot. So we try to see if it's you. I'm like, first of all, if it's a, if this is a, if this is a distress call, y'all doing a fucked up job <laughs> because of, like it doesn't feel like y'all trying to wheel me to safety. Yeah. So like, you know, what I'm saying. Second of all, am I the only one in here that matches this description? He's a get. <laughs> mind you, old buddy is like <laughs> sitting at the bleeding, bro. <laughs> literally, am I exaggerating? He was like literally at the tail bleeding, and I like he was like, and then so I guess they saw I was gonna budge and. They weren't within their rights, and they just dipped. But, like, so, I say that to say this. Like, we're talking about a story that happened almost 15, 16, 17, whatever years apart. And the result was almost the same. We're in a situation where it's like, you know, I get harassed of a situation that somebody had nothing to do with. You're guilty by yourself. Yeah, literally, by the way I look. So I'm so back to the stereotypes thing. Me being me, and I'm a very um, 
I'm a very um, introspective person. I'm a very introspective and I'm a very socially aware person. I'm one of those people I try to figure out how people tick and people think. Being a cop, I don't give a fuck what nobody say. I know cops. I know Troy Finner. I know, like, head of cop situations. They they work on a quota. They do. That's their way of getting the same way. If you do a lot of sales and, and whatever, you're going to get looked at for advancement. If you close a lot of criminal cases, you know, you look at to make partner. It's no different. in a big arrest is how you get your name out there, whatever. You have yeah. a quota. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. It's true. No no traffic cop is going to keep their job. Yeah, if they're at, not, if if they're the not writing the, tickets. If at the end of the month, you'd be like, oh, uh, I let them all Stevens, go. Stevens, uh, you wrote no tickets this month. Good oh, job. Yeah. yeah. That, that's Good just, job. That's just yeah. the name of the game. It's the way it works. So me being me in sales, I'm like, what's the quickest lick? If I see a, a family come in, Seriously, or whatever. Please. I can say whatever. Please. If I, if I see a family come in, and you know what I'm saying, they have an extra, extra lodging their account, whatever it was back in the situation, I'm going to try to sell them whatever. I'm going to at least pitch it to them because they're an appealing audience. If I see someone's like, hey, man, my car's always broke down, blah, 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 I don't know what's wrong, I'm going to try to sell them a hum. I'm going to try to sell you know, something. Hey, man, I don't know how to, how to listen to the music on the beach. I'm going to try to sell them a jam box. Like, whatever. I listen to these things because you're the possible person that's going to be you know, applicable for this. Cops are the same way. If they go into a situation and cops smells weed and it's me, Phil, it's a white chick there. It's probably the black dude. That's how they think. So me knowing that, I'm like of the mindset of like, and in their defense, I'm the isolated instance. There's probably about 10, 20 times they've done this and they write. <laughs> it is the yeah. black dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, so like, so what I'm trying, so I'm trying to say is like, based off of stereotypes, Versus reality. Because they do correlate. Like, it's almost like... I'm not saying are they justified, but I can't be mad at you for thinking the way you think based on your experiences. My experiences with me, let me know, like, your ideology is fucked up, but your experience based on what you've experienced, I understand why you think the way you do, so it's only so mad I can be at you. So, I don't know. But I do have a question for you, and I'm going to kick it to Shanks because I asked for the last question. It is 2021, right? We've made some monumental strides. Um, we talked about social media. I think social media has divided us, but it has brought us closer in ways that, um, you know, wouldn't be possible without the daily reminder of how different groups and different cultures and things are. Do you still think in 2021 there is an inherent infrastructure that's designed for certain groups to thrive and certain groups to fail? And if so, or if not, why? I'm not going to say fail, but definitely to thrive. Um, we... Welcome, Shanks, to the podcast. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Go ahead, Shanks, tell them about it. I mean, I've been thinking this whole time we've had this 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 debate and conversation that um, maybe I want to hedge anything else we're going to talk about, but there's always going to be elitism. Yep. There's nothing further down the year, 100 years from now, there's always going to be somebody who thinks they're better than somebody else and who thinks that because I'm better, this person shouldn't have it. So with that being said, there's... Or because what I had to do to get it, this person about to get it in five minutes. Exactly. Oh, you made this... Oh, you hit this dollar amount? That's cute. No, oh, keep cute. trying. Or, mm-hmm. or is the fact that like what I have, I'm going to keep. Yes. Yeah. 
At, at we know you, how what, adamant you feel about that. Oh, yeah, but you're about to no lose cut. this. Yeah, <laughs> fight for it all. Yeah, keep it all. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like, um, I, um, maybe this is um, too dumb of me, but I think at a certain point, um, the system or people implicating the system will, will stop caring about keeping people, people down, but I don't think they'll ever stop caring about keeping people away from the top. So that's why I believe that. Um, I just can't. I mean, I'm thinking about. I'm gonna ask you this: Is ahead. that unique to America, or you think that's everywhere? I think that's everywhere. I, you know, caveman syndrome. If you had a cave and you could, you know, hide behind rocks so your family could survive and another family couldn't, are you gonna let them in, or are you gonna be like, no, you fend for yourself? You gotta figure this shit out. That that's where it started. Well, you're gonna you're gonna look around, and be like, is there room, without en- encroaching on my area? Oh, you're encroaching. No, we can't no, let no, you we in. We can't let you in. Anymore. We can't let you in. No. It's not enough. Bro. I can't keep what I have and let you in at the same time. No, we ain't. Or you're you not go. letting you in. Isn't going to benefit me any any possible yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Gonna you take, gotta yeah. go. No, there's no way. So yes, um, but like I said. Um, there will always be people being elite. We're in a housing boom right now, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you know these, you know, all these loans are getting low, low. Go get them out there." Look at the interest rates, folks. And, and, and then it was like, "Yeah, go get you one." I was like, "Okay, have you it's checked like, the go interest get you rates?" One. Well, you know what I mean. We're in a housing boom, but uh, yeah, interest rates aren't as low as what people are saying, or they're lower. Not. They're higher, and not to mention that the uh, I'm on the market, folks. Trust me. <laughs> the uh, um, uh, advertise uh, cost or price. Um, yeah, houses are selling for way over that as far as what people are buying. So it's like, yeah, we're we're providing this this uh, product to you, and we're making it vastly you know available. But at the end of the day, do you have a hundred thousand over asking price to get this house to qualify for? The, no. Yep. At the end of the day, they're still going to That's be at, uh, three times the rent. <laughs> Go and I was thinking about that earlier when he when he was talking about housing. Why is it, you know, you can afford a $1,500 apartment, but you can't afford a $1,000, you know, uh, house note? Mm-hmm. It's because they know they're making so much money off this apartment or just to, I, I don't want to go down to the system of keeping you in an apartment versus getting that loan or being able to finance this house. It's ownership. It's the same way of where, y'all know how, I don't want to go off and tell you, but you know how cheap land is? Acre of land, how much y'all think it is? In certain places. Yeah. They, it depends no, on where you look. Let's say Beasley. <laughs> you know how cheap well, it is by Acre of land? It's on the up, but... Um, well, I mean, I mean it's, I don't, it's fucking Beasley, so whatever. I get it. Hey, listeners don't know what Beasley it, is. Okay. It's about to be Sugarland in like whatever. five years. All I'm trying to say, it's in a, a rural area to get an acre of land that's your own. This is Shanksville. This is Fieldsville. If you come in this bitch, you're getting shot. Cops can't come in. This is private property. Three grand. It's not bad. This. Nothing, but that's too much rent. I get there's a there's an irrigation system. There's a house you got to build. I understand there's parts no, of that, no, no, no. but I'm saying, but like the reason why I feel that those things aren't talked about is because it's ownership. That and that's, it's years. But that's what it is now. Let's just say what it cost ten years ago it was probably it's cheaper. Yeah, not even half that. So yeah, in so, ten years, that's what I'm saying. So, but all, all, we go back to knowledge and handing things yeah, down. Yeah, all I'm saying is that like the. The whole rent, mortgage, things like that. You're paying money. Even though you eventually you'll own the home, you'll own the home on a property that's not yours. Yes. 
like your little yard. You know what I mean? It's like versus like if you're spending keep that two, fence intact. If you're spending two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars on an average home in a subdivision, bro, go get you your own plot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like little things like that, I think that are intentionally. Yeah, and then you know. I can't think of, but and Phil, Grove, there's lots going for Phil brought this up to me and I never thought about it before. Well, I was riding with Phil one day, he was like I forgot how he worded it, but he was like, Man, look at all these subdivisions. And I never thought about it. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, what about him? He was like, All these subdivisions are everywhere. Like the average subdivision how how many houses in it? I mean, let's get tons. Let's yeah. He's like, Somebody lives in all of them. What do these people do? <laughs> and I was like, that's some real shit. Like, I never thought of it that way. Like, I, I can just... I'm not even going to talk about Houston. Just from here to fucking, like, Stafford. Oh, yeah. All the subdivisions. Let's, let's talk about 1,200, 1,500 homes that are fully occupied, owned. Are these... I, I don't know if they're doctors, engineers. I don't know what they're doing. Immigrants. Immigrants? What? No, what? I'm just saying. Like, you don't think there's a lot of people. Well, you know, because Z Sean, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you have a, a a family of nine or ten, and they, they they're, that's their culture. They all live together. I get it, yeah. but they gotta get approved. No, no, great. Like, so, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. somebody, some that, one person. Had but if you think on that on a grander scale, oh yeah, that's insane, dude. Yeah. And we out here written apartments like that's like what? It's it's so crazy. I mean, like I said, we're of that age, and that's our our brains and minds have twist uh, changed to the, those thoughts. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, yeah, we, I know we, you got we, it. We, yeah. we 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 went on a tangent, but I do want to say this. You can keep going. Yeah, I'm, uh, but all I'm trying to say is this. So I'm not going to get into um, the next segment of it. Why has it not been erased? Because I think we talked about um, classism. People in power want to stay in power. People, you know, they don't want to see on the same... Um, it's human nature. Yeah. But I will say this. When we talk about classism, especially for our younger audience, that um, they don't know what classism is. And I'm a firm <laughs> believer a lot of the things that happen in society, in, 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 in the world, has been because of class versus race. Um, only people who care about... I'm a big proponent of that. Me too. Only people who care about race, this guy's a... Uh, he's black. Uh, don't let him in. Are people who are poor, or middle, or I would even say middle class, and they've been brainwashed with that shit. But je- I'll interject. The only people that care about that are people that are really, really poor and ignorant, mm-hmm. and people who are in power. Mm. Everything in between. That. Yeah, that's yeah. Go Jeff, ahead. J- Jeff Bezos. Um, what's a um um um. The petroleum engineers or supervisor generation, um, uh, Bill Gates, Elon, all these people. If you can make money with them, they don't care if you're black, if you're gay, it's a money game. Yeah. They don't, there's no, there's no, that's why I really love the alliteration in, in, in Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Because a lot, I think a lot of people got the fact that even though the chick was black, she was part of that bloodline. And that's what kept it going. It wasn't the race. It was the class. And I think they tried to... Uh, I think it went over a lot of people's heads. But that's where the foundational structure of America comes from. It's it's, it's, all, it's all class. It's... Who's your daddy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you of a good background? Even they, People used to marry that way. So anyway, I'm going to ask you guys. What's the difference between classism 
So you can explain to the people versus racism. How would you differentiate the two? I'm asking Phil. Ooh. Um, uh, I mean, I think they go very much hand in hand. Um, I think like pure classic racism is, yeah, just is what it sounds like. You know, a person of one race completely disregarding and not acknowledging the humanity of another race. That's, it's just, uh, to me it's very just plain and simple, it's very ignorant, um, and not productive at all. Um, and classism, to me, is just one of those things to where They're trying to preserve a certain way of life that they have, and they'll do whatever they have to do to preserve that way of life. And I believe the best way that they've found to do that well, is... Well, that's not that yet. Oh. We're just defining the differences. Uh, classism is separating, yeah, the, the, the sections of wealth. Um... Yeah, that's a good. It's, it's just that. Well, just that. I was, yeah, really I was going good. to re yeah, really classism I mean, as well. well, well racism. Is, is, well, well, how would you define classism versus racism? That's what I was going to re repurpose and say. Classism is about wealth. Because there's a there's a difference between Joe Black calling you a nigger versus Jerry Jones doing. Yes. <laughs> there just is. <laughs> Both of them hurt the same. No, I, I feel Jerry Jones would call a white person. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, uh, hey. <laughs> Zeke, get this nigga <laughs> out of here. I told him, damn, he got damn club, oh, Zeke. No, I, I've heard that. Yeah. I've, I mean, well, obviously not Jerry Jones say it. I'm not going on record saying that I've heard Jerry Jones say that. But yeah, no, I've heard that. I've heard a white person call another white person. Yeah, you're acting like a nerd. Yeah, you're acting like a... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 it's... Um, and that's to me. And Joe that Dirt, right he will there, always say it to a black person. Jerry Jones, he'll say it to anybody. And that, and that, <laughs> and that, and that is almost like the. That is almost the perfect definition of the two. I know. What up? That's, 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 that's dumb as a look, man. <laughs> but I'm just saying. But that, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's the, yeah. It's just, it's one of those things to where it's you will never be in this. Amount of power or wealth yeah. that I have, therefore you are belittle. Yeah. You are if you're beneath me. I be y'all all as niggers. Yeah, <laughs> all y'all. Yeah. Joe Dirt is like oh, brother. Also, <laughs> like, no, it's one of those things to where like, okay, like racism to me is just the most ignorant thing you, like imaginable. Like. Just, for one person to look at another person, which if they're like, I guess, truly a racist, they look at another person that doesn't look like them as not another person, but whatever. If you look at another person and think that they are lesser than you or beneath you, that's just, to me, that's, that's, that's racism. And that, I think that's completely just dog shit. But, like, and, and I'm going to pull this out, and I know y'all are going to be like, oh, whatever. But, like, to me, the definition of classism is the quote by 
Lyndon B. Johnson. Mr. J. Is, and then is, I quote, If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on, and he'll empty his pockets for you. Now, I know he mentions white and colored in that uh, quote, but anybody out there, just please think about this. Please think about that quote and what it says. It is trickery. It is uh, a con man at, at, uh, at, at the most basic level. At his finest work. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like that. To me, that's classism. Where it's just like he said nothing about a colored man or a black man or an Asian man or a Mexican man being less than or anything like that. It's it's all about trickery and perception and all this stuff like that. Just to and to gain, and then the ultimate gain or the ultimate uh, what's the the ultimate uh, achievement of that statement is to gain power. And to hold power over people. And I'm going to tell you it's both. Yeah. Because he's well, telling... Well, yes, but yeah. He's telling us, hey, you're white with us. Racism. You're better than that other race. Yeah. And you said, you know, take from his pockets. So he's like, hey, you're better than... Hey, we're on the same same, same race. Yeah. Then that classism was like, but take... You, he doesn't even know that you're picking his pockets. At the yeah. same time, he's making himself richer. So I don't know how much y'all know about Lyndon Johnson other than that quote, but for the audience, I'm going to educate them. So Lyndon Johnson, um, we all know who Martin Luther King is. Mm. A lot of people say that he's an FBI informant. I don't think he was, but this is what I will say. He partnered with Lyndon Johnson on a lot of things, and he bartered with him for the Civil Rights Movement. Yes. Lyndon, go ahead. Oh, no, the thing that Ernest Obviously, I didn't know Lyndon B. Johnson. I, don't, I haven't extensively researched Lyndon B. Johnson. But I think he said that... That quote that he said... Obviously, because he said it, um, it. He said that because that was a truth that he knew. I don't think it was a truth that maybe he believed. He No, he believed it. He used it. He used it on Martin Luther King. Okay, cool. All right. So this is what I'm going to say. All right. So he would have meetings with Martin Luther King. And he'd be like, hey, um, the black people are getting real militant. You know what I mean? So if we want these voters' laws passed, we need to pipe that down. MLK was obviously a preacher, so he would preach peace, humanity. He'd work... He'd work his audience to the point that they were not militant. Then came Malcolm. And we all know, hey, by any means. By any means necessary. Stokely Carmichael, by any means. And so they started telling when these laws weren't getting passed and civil rights movements weren't going the way that they were promised by LBJ, they're like, look, he's using you. You're a puppet for the white man. And Malcolm was like, no, no, no. So during the later half of his life, before he was assassinated, he even said, the dream I had, obviously, I have a dream speech, I don't know. Um, um, he was like, has turned into a nightmare. And Martin became very I- militant. 
and um, having the ideologies of Malcolm and Stokely Carmichael. Stokely Carmichael used to uh, actually lead his protests because nothing was happening. LBJ used Martin Luther King as a tool to subdue the black race in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is this. Um, as much as Martin taught us, taught us about peace and equality, it was very inspirational. But there's a reason why there's a MLK Day versus a Malcolm Day. We don't get mm-hmm. days off from Malcolm or Stokely. He pretty much guaranteed this dude, you will be a martyr if you can control these group of people. And when it got to the point that MLK was assassinated, it was all, 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 you know, shit, all walls were broken then. So anyway, I'm going to say this, that ideology that you spoke of from that quote, he tried it, he used it. It was extremely effective and it's extremely effective to this day. There's Mm -hmm. to the point that we can all quote MLK's, um, I have a dream speech. But we can't quote some of the classic debates. Malcolm has pieced white men up in debates. It's Go to YouTube. Look at it. We can't quote a word from it. He was not immortalized for it. So he used uh, classism and he used um, those tools from that quote as a way to subdue um, black pain and black anger. It's in his movie, too. Um, he even threatened mm. to um, use... Uh, because Malcolm, everyone know he cheated on Coretta multiple times. Oh, yeah. He he threatened to use the women to expose if he didn't do his bidding. Mm. So he he absolutely knew how this shit worked. And when I hear that quote, it gives me chills because I'm always like, not only did he not know that shit, he did that shit to one of um, a person that's supposed to be um, uh, one of the biggest figures in the black community. So I mean, yeah, I mean, LBJ he he knew what was up, and he was right. Hate it or love it. Oh yeah, I mean like the, <laughs> he was, he the, was right. the philosophy had worked. It just worked, and it has worked, and it's been working for all this time. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm gonna segue here. We I think we all agree that um, classism is a thing. We also agree that racism is the ideology of the non-elite. Um, I do have a question. So we talk a, a lot on the show about social media and the impact that it's had in... Um, hate. Yeah, I know. You, you hate it and love it. The things we hate about it are the same things that have made strides in certain arenas. So the merging of cultures. Now that we know what classism is, has been defined and agreed upon by pretty much everyone here. Has the merging of cultures diluted the classism structure? So first, it wasn't about race. It was about class. We know that. But now the fact that, you know, you got white people who can pretty much be on the same playing field as black people because listen to the same music, see the same TikToks, liking the same shit, has that murked the waters a little bit of what the true definition of classism is versus racism? Has that merged it, in your opinion, at all? No. Not even close. Not for me, no. I think it has. And this is why. I think that um, we talked about the difference between sympathy and empathy. I I believe that for a point in time, um, white people 
who were in affluent areas, had money, stuff like that, they were able to um, sympathize with black structure or black pain, black black struggle. Like, oh yeah, he's going through that or this Hispanic person's going through that or the gay community is going through that. They didn't see it. So that empathy wasn't there. And when it happened to them, they were just kind of like, or when it was in their face, they were kind of like, like the first time Phil, like he talks about the time at George Park, he was Facebook, like this dude is clearly hunting this black guy and it's for a reason. It was like shocking. I think now since... Well, it wasn't shocking. Well... <laughs> it was a, just a validation. Yeah. There's... Well, for some people, if you're... If you operate off of classism, that's going to be shocking because you never experienced mm. it. Or you don't think that. That's on your mindset. Yeah. There's nobody that cops just target a black dude. Like, you know what I mean? But then, and then we... <laughs> yeah, and then when you see it, you're just like, whoa. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that now that you could just open up IG or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and you can see clearly <laughs> there's a problem with policing and how they deal with one race versus another. When it happens in front of them, they're like, oh, shit, it's happening. Ugh, I'm going to feel... Like, you know what I mean? I think that that has caused uh, a divide in that structure between classism and racism. Um, Shanks, I'm going to ask you, what do you think? So, but you're saying it causes divide, and... I'm That's not, not a divide, but... Um, do you think that's caused emerging? Now that everyone pretty much knows there's a problem, do you think that they see it more as class versus race or vice versa? No. I okay. think social media is a distraction. Well, yeah. We all think that. Well, no, no, no. But when you're talking about... You're talking about distraction for bigger issues? Yes. Okay. It's literally like, hey, you know, you're talking about, yeah, they can see it. They can sympathize with, yeah, this dude was doing nothing. But that doesn't change the thought process of... Why was this dude even there in the first place? Or why hasn't why isn't he at work making the living that I make because this is what what I do. I go to work, I you know, work my 8 hours and I go home. If you know I'm thinking about TikTok when you say social media, why you know, oh they must have all this dumb time on their hands just keep making all these stupid, you know. Well, that's not what I mean by but I mean like let's say a black dude's TikTok goes viral. Yes. Or there's a, a black, like, there's like a, a rap song that everyone's fucking with, everyone's doing the dance with. You get to the point that whether you're white, Hispanic, or whatever, if it's popular enough, we're all doing it. Yes. And so you all like identify but that's with black people within that moment. And it's always been entertaining. No, no, no. But by entertainment, <laughs> I mean it as it's just something you do for that. It's a distraction because it's something you just did for five minutes. But it creates a level of relatability. To other races in black culture. We can all Cupid shuffle. But I'm supposed to go back to my I can't. my million dollar house. While yeah. you're that's what I'm saying. Like you're saying it it brings us together. But, but, but it I, doesn't but I'm I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like you're going back to the million dollar house, but who owns it? I do. The the parent. Or the great Oh, I don't know if you're talking about the parent or the child. I'm, 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 saying, I'm, I'm just saying thinking the child now yes. identifies with something the parents did not because they didn't have it. So, so I think Paul. So fast forward twenty years, and the child is not the parents. Does that seed that's been planted in him, and that he's not going to see for the next twenty years, dictate a way that our societal structure is managed? Okay, so what you just reclassified is different to me, because what you're saying to me is, I'm, I don't want to say this slightly, but I'm considering it the erosion of racism. How do? You, what do you mean? So over time, um, obviously. 
I'm not going to say everybody that's older than us or lived before us were racist, but they came from more, um, I guess what you say, bounded racist ideologies. You know, old white man, yeah, he racist. He's, you know, he might call you a coon nigga, something like that. Um, our parents had, they weren't racist because that was what they were. That's how they were treated. But they still have some stereotypes in them about, hey, what white man going to do for you? And I looked at as, you know, as time goes and more schools and everything, you know, kids are going to be around multiple cultures and different types of uh, sexual everything. It's just it's a, just a big merging. So to me, I'm thinking, well, I'm not even thinking from what you're telling me isn't about classism and racism um, about social media. It's more about just the gradual pace of time. So I'm going to ask you like this. It's fair to say that every generation yes. has been less racist. Less, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, no, 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 but that's what yeah, I'm saying. So, yeah. so, so Holm said, I guess a better way to ask you, because I don't want to talk in circles, is has social media accelerated that process? So now, like, let's say, for instance, when my grandma was a kid. Yeah. Those kids got to interact with my grandma because their parents interacted with slaves were less racist. My mom's generation, civil rights era, those kids who had problems with my grandma's generations are now eating at the same table, drinking out of the same water fountains or whatever. They think differently of black people. Mm-hmm. Eventually they grow up. Yeah. Our generation, me, you, Phil, we all grew up with like all different races. We're definitely less racist. Less racist. This generation that's coming up, like my son, my son's generation and my daughter's generation, it's like almost it's almost because of social media it's important they don't see racism so what I'm asking is that these people are eventually going to be homeowners business owners CEOs stuff like that now that they're going to be instrumental in running a lot of the infrastructures in America and they grew up with these people they see it every day they relate to these people is that going to blur the lines for our definition of classism versus racism no okay because at the end of the, so, but I'm saying you're saying every generation gets less racist, so that doesn't sure. get to benefit by social media. No, I'm not saying the benefits. I'm saying the social media accelerate the process. I mean, I can't say it doesn't help a little bit, but at the end of the day, if I'm watching, I'm gonna tell you like this, and we fast some this white kid do a dance. I'm not gonna be we like, oh, this, he's less racist now. Well, no, no. no. Dude, I'm saying like this. Um, Phil and I have had this conversation. I think me and you had this conversation too. Social media has created a level of comfort <laughs> to doing certain shit, saying certain shit, believing certain shit that would not be possible if it were not there. That's not a question. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Part of me still believes people's ideologies will still hide behind that screen. All I'm saying is that this. These same people that have perpetuated this concept as children are not going to be CEOs, decision makers. You got to think fields are different. Yeah. Back in the day, like, if you became a CEO, we're going to be CEO of a business, a bank, a plant. Now you can be CEO of somewhere in big tech, Silicon Valley. These are liberal arenas too. Money, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. What does he do? He's not in the, 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 the coal industry, the oil field. Te- that's Ted. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos, 
that's a form of tech. Um, Bill Gates. It's gonna get to the point that the richest people in the world are gonna be rich based on liberal ideologies like computers. You think of think of your average like country dude. I don't fuck with them computers. Them goddamn Tesla like <laughs> that, them railroad shit. That W. E. Dubose shit. That shit gone, bro. Yeah. Like. The people that are going to be running the infrastructure of this country are going to be based off of big tech, big pharma, different arenas than than the uh, the way that they're other than oil, maybe oil and gas, because unless you know energy, that's that's going to be here. But like their kids, grandkids, whatever, they're gonna that's going to change some shit. It is, but you just said something. You just said the people who are going to run this country. And I don't want to throw... Well, it, when you say run this country, that's political. And with politics, as you talk about Big Pharma, and I don't know when or how Big Tech is going to merge into that. But so Big Pharma? No, no. Uh, into politics. They already have. No, I know that. I'm oh, just okay. saying, like, it, even more. I mentioned it as this. We're still talking about classism. So at the end of the day, these people who have been getting or are part of these new liberal what I'm saying the the, the 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 look of people in power are going to have change oh yeah the look of people but yeah, that they're, doesn't they're mean gonna, they're going to be nerds they're going to be people that have been oppressed they're going to and they're going to be decision makers yes they're going to be more inclined to empathize with you than a rich or a middle class white person but at the end of the day are they not going to find themselves in a newer or a different class and not want he to said that class he too. said that's just that's just going to change. That's what I'm saying. They they will end up creating a new class. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. At the end of the day, it's going it, to happen. It's kind of like a catch twenty two. It's like if we truly believe that it's not racism, it's classism. Then the classes they create, it's not going to be created by race. Yes. So that means it's all inclusive, and it's going to be it's going to be include more people of different races it and may different be. backgrounds. I believe the class will be less racist, but at the end of the day, it's going to be like look. Because you know, it's going to be comprised of people of different races. Exactly. But it won't be like, okay, yeah, you can still... I still think I still look at it as classism will still be there because it's going to be about elitism and how much money you have or how much power you have and stuff like that. The classism factor will still be there. Mm-hmm. Now, the racist part can change because, oh, yeah, you know... yeah. The people you're going to look down on are going to be different because of your class. I think the people who are going to be looked down on now are... Country bumpkins, hillbillies, stuff like that. Even if your daddy had money, you're ignorant. So that's going to change the dynamic of social power. I'm going to ask you, Phil, because you're into tech. Uh, okay, all right. Um, now that social media is as big as it is, and um, I know you hate it, but um, all I'm saying is this. Do you believe that in the next 20, 30 years, based on our definition of what classism is versus what racism is, the power structure of who's in charge is going to change racist ideology? Um, I, um. So I'm asking you this. Let's I keep want, it real. Was, Let's I keep it real. Yeah, okay. You're 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 into tech. Let's say, right, the in the next twenty years, the people who control the most power, are people who, um, CEO of Twitch, the CEO of, whatever 
You know what I mean? They're now the richest people in the world. Do you think that racism will be how it is now, currently constructed? Or do you think that who's in power is going to change the social power structure? Uh, I mean, if you put it that way, as far as like, the uh, the people that are in control um, are like the people like that are in control of Twitch, which I guess is you know Jeff Bezos. Um, Damn, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it's Twitch is Amazon. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's, um, like if if the if the power of the world or of the U.S. economy, whatever you want to think of it as, um, becomes like the nerdy people. Is that what you're saying? Like the the Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, sure. the Elon oh, Musk, stuff yes, like that. Yes. Uh, like if you think yes. if if that if that type of person becomes the ultimate or not ultimate, if the, but if the, the if, if the one percent becomes them, them, yeah, that yes. that type of person. Yes, I think. Well, I think the new racism will become. Yeah, the new. Uh, uh, classism in the way of uh, intelligence. Who are going to be the niggers? <laughs> That's my question. Like, what the dumb people? Con- the dumb people. Correct. And who are gonna the dumb be, people? Who are going to be comprised of the dumb people, in your opinion? Whoever's dumb. I mean, I don't. Poor people. I know it's like. Yeah, man, I know, I know it's a very easy answer. Like, who's going to be the... I mean, poor whites, poor they're blacks. Dumb, they're, poor dumb yeah, rich people. they're dumb rich people now. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's my point. Well, no, no, but no. they still hold power because they hold money. money yeah. But, gonna, but will that fuck with their money? That's my question. I mean, in a way, for a, for a, for a time. But no, yeah, like, it'll... Yeah, it, it'll come down to who... Yeah, it, if it comes to a point where those type of people take over the world, uh, yeah, it'll come down like the new, the new uh, lower class people. I'm not gonna say the derogatory terms. The new lower class people, or whatever they fuck they they consider the lower class people, would be uh, the new. That that's the new racism. Say. There. No, no, Samuel, <laughs> Mr. Jackson, <laughs> no, uh, I will not be Lee. I will not be Leo. <laughs> I will not go in hiding for ten years. Be <laughs> But no, like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but I believe, but I, I still don't see the relinquishing of power in politics. Yeah. Oh yeah, that shit'll hang on for a while. That's no, what I'm saying. You said so. 23. They're getting years. desperate because I know, I know they feel it. I know. Yes, but at no, the no, same no, the time, reason, the reason it's been dumb to keep up. Hold the on, reason hold on to it. No, hear me, the reason hear me out. Hang Politi- on. Politicians are poor. They're funded, so there's rich people are funding them. Yes, they have big tech. No, no, they're not. They're funded by the poorest people. Hear me out. If no, a, a they're dollar, fun, no a penny, a dime, a fucking me. nickel, you're, quarter you're not, you're at not, a time. You're, you're not wrong, but you're wrong. We we're funding their salaries now that they're in the seats. Our money, us poor people, we're keeping them afloat. We're 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 making them rich because of our taxpayer money to get them in office. They are funded by rich people. They will not be there 
if it wasn't for um, the CEO of Exxon or whoever is giving the money. If the CEO of Exxon changes from the CEO of Twitch, different people are going to be decision makers making different decisions about the size. Which, either way, we're still fucked because we're going to be funding them yeah. regardless, yeah. making their pockets fat. But it's going to be different people that are in those seats. If this year didn't tell you that shit, nothing else will. This is the first time there was a Democratic, like, split for um the um for the House. 50-50. That shit don't happen. And the reason why it's happening because different people with different agendas of different power structures are funding who's in office. That's why we're getting desperate and doing all these. We ain't never seen no, other than Jim Crow, we've never seen voter suppression laws. Yeah. Jim Crow was the last time. They're making it like, hey, man, these motherfuckers can't even vote no more because we about to be out of there. They know it. They feel it. Greg Abbott's desperate. Professor Xavier, he's doing all kinds <laughs> of shit. He's doing it. So all I'm saying is this, that when the, if it does happen and the people who are making the decisions, either way, we're fucked. But the, the people who are making the the people who are making decisions are funded by people with their agenda. The infrastructure and the landscape of how America is ran will change. And it will be a more radical. We're seeing it with the LGBTQ community. No offense to anybody who is. But all I'm trying to say is this. The laws are being passed and being made because there are people who are passing laws who are making these decisions that have more liberal ideologies. That's because they're funded by people who think and look like them. That's mm-hmm. that, that that's just what it is. Now, yeah, how they're getting their money, how they're making their fucking $250,000 million salaries, that's us. They're using our fucking taxpayer monies. But you will see a difference of people who are making these decisions based off of the people who vote for them and the people who fund them. And that's just, that's inevitable. Mm. So, like, if you see some shit, like, suppressing a bunch of black people, rest assured they're being funded by big, um, like, you know, oil and gas or railroads or or, or or petroleum engineers or like that. But if you see some shit that's helping a whole lot of gay people and a whole lot of black people and immigrants, they're probably being funded by big tech, maybe big pharma too. Mm. So that's just what it is. Mm. But anyway, so um, last thing, and um, I want to ask you and I want to ask Shanks because I'm, I'm going to go to Shanks first, and then I'm going to go to Phil. Will, will there ever be an equal infrastructure absent of systemic values? Hmm. And we're talking about true equality. Like, we don't give a fuck if you're black, white, Hispanic, gay, a machine. Because it's going there. You know it is, Phil. Oh, my God. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you better be half Android by a certain time. Um well, I mean it sounds great in the future, but history has told me the answer to that is no. What about you, Phil? Uh, kind of the same thing. Like, um, in a utopian setting, yeah, everything would be, you know, 
perfect. But at the end of the day, we're all, all of us, still fucking human and animals. And we have our basic instincts of survival. And a lot of us, I feel, like, just can't see or get past that. And I think... At the end of the day, like when it comes down to an equality and an, a sharing for all, an equality for all, uh, I, I don't think I'll see it in my lifetime. I hope I do, but um, no, like, like Shank said, uh, history is telling me otherwise. And if you ignore history... You're doomed to repeat it? Exactly. Okay. That's your boy LBJ over here. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm going to say this. It's crazy how... Give me hope, Jay. Give me hope. Well, I'm about to. It's crazy how my my cynicism and my optimism are so parallel. I, I honestly feel that what social media irks me with is the same thing that gives me hopes. I honestly feel that everyone thinks they can empathize with everyone at this point. They do. Whether you're gay, whether you're black, whether you're whatever, every oppressed group, there's a group of oppressed saviors, no matter what it is. And I think um, what's going to be a byproduct of that is um, ultimately these people grow up, they become decision makers, and they're on... Everyone feels they're the victim. And due to everyone feeling they're a victim based on social media, they're going to be moved to change. Because when black people are oppressed, oh my God, they're going to stop doing this to us. Who's us? You're white. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, oh, gay people? No, I'm, 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 team, I'm team BLM or I'm team this. So I feel that, honestly, like, with everyone feeling they can empathize with everyone, it's going to move them to change. Whether it's reluctantly, whether it's so we talked about altruism, whether it's for their own selfish interests, they're gonna do it. Just to say they're the first to do it. And I think within twenty to thirty years, it's really gonna blur the lines of what racism and classism is, because everyone's gonna feel that they're a victim. Everyone's gonna feel that they're oppressed. Everyone's gonna feel that the government's after. Everyone's gonna feel that the power structures against them and their blah blah blah. They gotta fight for justice, and everyone's gonna be trying for justice. Is going to be, we're going to just be the recipients of what happens of that. So, yes, I think, I don't think it's even going to be a lifetime. I think by the time we're in our 50s, we're going to see a radical movement to every oppressed group being at the forefront of groups who really are oppressed. But do, okay, let me ask you this. But do you think that's a good thing? I don't know. That's a whole other podcast. That's that Dave Chappelle shit. Because that's, okay. that's, that's what he's saying. He's saying that, like, black people, women, We've been in this struggle for centuries. LBGQ, they bitch enough, they complain about it I mean, enough. they've been in this struggle for centuries, too. Whatever. They have. In a, dude, dumb, gay, no. gay people. Okay, dude. I'm dude, not saying they have. Okay. Listen, listen, listen. We're having, this a whole different conversation. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's, as ta- it's a, ta- okay, tale as old as time. It's a fucking tale as old as time. They Have gay people been oppressed 
for centuries, yes. That's that's yes, not that's yes. not his point. Yes. What he's saying I is know, I know that. I'm just it's, saying it's becoming factual. Just don't, just don't totally dismiss I'm it. I'm not dismissing it. I'm saying it's I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying it's you know, we're trying to clarify. There are, th- there are things you could argue with that's fact, that's not. I'm bl- I'm black, Shanks is black, you're white. That's fact. Well, I'm Mexican. Whatever. Whatever, I'm all, at, oh my damn. All I, all I'm saying is this. You don't at any point have the ability. I don't have any point at the ability. Shanks doesn't have any point at his ability to be like, I'm not black anymore. I'm not white. I'm not Mexican anymore. Mm. You can choose, oh, you know what? I'm I like a girl today. I like a guy today. You know what? I made it I made you know it. But you know what? Hear me out. No no no. Funny thing is the funny thing is I do have the choice. Okay, you do. I don't. No, no, no. no well, again, yeah, that's another podcast. But no, no. His, the funny thing is, I do have a choice. I don't want it, but I do have the choice. All I'm saying is that for for people who are of a certain race... I don't care. Okay, be, be, be Native American tomorrow. No, no, I do have the choice between being Mexican or white. Okay, because I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, be, be Native American then. Okay. How do you do that? I don't know. You don't have the choice, bro. You're your race. Yeah, you can identify with your white side. But my kids have a choice if you want to play that game. But ultimately, whether what side you identify with is, you can't go out within the confines of your race. You're your race. Whether it's you're white, you're Hispanic, you're all black, you're half black, whatever it is, you can identify with people within the confines of your race. Regardless, all I'm trying to say is this. I don't know how many reports of people who have been transgender have made the decision that, like, have. I made a mistake, but this operation is detrimental to my health. Or I like guys mm-hmm. now. I was coerced to doing this when I was younger. Um, you know, I got a lot of pressure from this community, but you know, I really identify with this one. You can't pick and choose. Yeah. You can't. I don't have that option of picking and choose based on. So I'm saying they're two different struggles. Yeah. One is that's insurance companies aren't stupid, bro. That's why a lot of them don't fund certain procedures because they're like, hey, this person can opt to do this. And we out of this money. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, we don't have that. Anyway, long story short, I'm saying, they're two different struggles. Mm. Whether it's the same struggle to be classified as a human fucking being or what. Some people have choices versus some people don't. Anyway, long fucking story short. I forgot. They're not the same. And that's what Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle sort of asked. He was like, yo, like, we've been in this struggle for centuries. Y'all been in this shit for, like, a few years. And y'all getting all these laws passed. Let's pipe down a little bit. Like, you know, that that's where he was coming from. And they got seen as hate speech, stuff like, whatever. All, all I'm saying is this. Marginalized groups, whether it's based off of race, sex, whatever, now more than ever are being able to be empathized and, um, you know, seen, visible to people of power. And they're doing something about it whether it's for their own selfish interests or whatever, it's being done. And all I'm trying to say is within the next 10 to 20 years, it's going to be done at an exponential, at an exponential level. And if we don't believe that, look for what you're seeing for the LGBTQ community. They had more ad- addendums and amendments and rights within the last five years than people who have been in the struggle for centuries have ever had. So, yeah, it's bound to happen because this the people who make these decisions are changing. A lot of the people who make these decisions are gay. That's going to turn to a lot of making people who make these decisions are black versus 
a lot of people are going to start making decisions to become nerds. Like, you identify with whatever group you're a part of and you do things to propel that group. And I think that social media, whether we hate it or we love it, has... Yeah, they 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 propelled that process, and I, 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 it's inevitable. I think that in the next twenty or thirty years, is this, this country's going to look a lot different. Mm. And whether it's for better or for worse, I don't know because it is what it is. But like, yeah, like, and people I ain't gonna name no names feel Ooh. that way. Ooh. Professor X, and they're trying to do that. They're trying to do some shit to stop it. And they already know what's up. So with that being said, um, we don't have a Q&A this week. Nope. No? This, this was a very um, juicy and salacious topic. Juicy. Oh. <laughs> a, lot of people, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of people chose not to weigh in. But um, um, we're going to leave with our parting notes. Um, I'm going to start with uh, the professor, Phil, and then I'll leave my two cents. Fresh Negro Domus. All I got to say is spread love, not hate. It's on you, Phil. Spread love. <clears throat> oh, oh, okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, if you're doing anything that you think is benefiting yourself and others, keep doing it. If um, if it's if it's affecting anybody any in 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 any any other way, stop doing it. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, well, um understand the the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um sympathy moves you to understand, empathy moves you to change. And I think that we're in a situation where if we identify with certain people certain groups, a lot of us can sympathize and a lot of us don't empathize. So um, if you see a situation in which you feel something isn't right, um, you thinking it's not right does absolutely nothing. Use your your power, use your platform, use whatever to um, be a tool to instrument change or um, history will continue to repeat itself. But yeah, um, that's all I got. Gentlemen, um, the depths of my uh, my little being here. Thank you. I enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed this conversation with you two specifically because, like I said, um, we've seen each other during adolescence, adulthood, whatever. We know our our own personal struggles. We've seen where society is at now versus when we were younger, and it's it's really good to have a conversation about you got with you guys about where it's going to be. So yeah, um, until next time.